You are Locked On Balls, your daily podcast on the Tennessee Volunteers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Good Monday, everybody. Welcome to Locked On Balls. It's your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go online to builtbar.com. Use the promo code LOCK15 and get 15% off your next order. Well, it wasn't a fun weekend if you're a Tennessee fan. No, the 512 upset rears its ugly head. Oregon State takes down Tennessee 70-56 and ends the volunteer season prematurely. Obviously, that's going to be the topic of today's podcast here on Locked on Falls throughout our Monday show. I'm Eric Kane, the host of Locked on Falls. You can find me on Twitter at underscore Kaner. Follow this podcast on Twitter as well at Locked on Falls a radio personality in Knoxville, Tennessee, where I contribute to the Tennessee rival side covering Tennessee football recruiting. Yeah, just not a good uh, not a good showcase for Tennessee. We're going to dissect, look at the stat sheet, the box scores in segment number one. We're going to hear both from Rick Barnes and Josiah Jordan-James throughout this program as they took to the podium following that 70-56 upset win on Friday, or upset loss on Friday. And then in segment number three, you're going to go back and look at Tennessee in the NCAA tournaments and based on seeding, how Tennessee has underperformed, and could this be the most disappointing team, really, in program history? I, I I hate to be a Debbie Downer, but you know, let's let's go ahead and look at the stat sheet, and we can draw our own conclusions. And so uh, that's kind of the layout for segments or for uh, the show here on Monday. Uh, not a very good fun weekend for Tennessee basketball fans. A fun weekend for college basketball fans because chaos reigned supreme, <laughs> you know, and. Uh, uh, in the March Madness tournaments and rounds one and two on into the Sweet 16. Some of these teams that we had no clue would even get there are ultimately we're penciling them in our brackets as we go on. So a fun weekend for college basketball, not a fun weekend for Tennessee basketball fans. However, shout out Lady Vols, a strong, strong third quarter uh, to break away from a 39-39 tie at the halftime break. The Lady Vols advance on to the round of 32 with a win over MTSU. So a Monday show is coming up right now. Buckle up and let's get right down into it. 70 to 56, the final score. Tennessee from the get-go. If you guys listen to my Locked On Now that the Locked On SEC Twitter account posted after the game on Friday, you kind of heard a shortened version of what I'm going to say right now. It was <clears throat> excuse me. It was a 14-point game, but it wasn't even that close. You guys watched the game. Oregon State led by as many as 20. On two separate occasions, Oregon State jumped out of the gym early on, and Tennessee just had no answer as the game went on for Lucas, for Thompson, for Relish, and for Silva. Silva was 8 of 8 from the field in this game. 8 of 8 for 16 points. Tennessee had no answer for the big man for Oregon State. And then, of course, Thompson, the Pac-12 player, or the the first-team All-Pac-12 recipient, uh, got hot later on, hit a three-pointer, connected on 5 of 12 shooting. His uh, his Robbins and his Batman and Lucas, you know, he was 5 of 11 in the game, finished with 14 points. But Tennessee just had no answer for Oregon State. The shots so well in this ball game, finished 48% shooting from the field. Shots over that margin in the first half of play. Shot nearly 50% in the first half of play. Actually, I can tell you right now, in the first half of play, you had Oregon State that shot actually 45%, and so it shot better in half number two at 52%, where it finished on the game at a 48% clip. But Tennessee, Tennessee shot, what, 25% from the field in the first half? Yeah, 25% from the field in the first half, 
finished at 33% overall. And I was consistent last week in saying Tennessee's bigger, faster, stronger, way more athletic, has better shooters. Even with the injury concerns of John Fulkerson and the inconsistent play offensively of E. Pons, I said Tennessee would have no issue winning this this basketball game against Oregon State on Friday unless the Vols shot 30% from the field. Well, Tennessee shot 25% from the field in the first half and 33% just didn't have... That just didn't have it offensively, and again, it was from the get go. Uh, Tennessee went on a couple of runs, had a, had an eight had an eight zero run to kind of bring it within a, a couple of points there, a couple of different times. But even on the runs you went on in the second half, it only broke it to to about a ten point deficit. It was kind of as as close as the team ever got in the second half. Just wasn't a good day for Keon Johnson, Jaden Springer. The two combined for eleven for twenty eight from the field. They combined for twelve points and fourteen points. So you know twenty six points overall for those two, but. Um, they shot a lot. Santiago Vescovi, you know, had, was eight, three of eight. He did knock down three triples, but three of eight from from three. Uh, you had Victor Bailey Jr. was one of nine from long range. Finished four of fourteen from the field. Just didn't have it. Uros Plovs just got the start. Of course, Sean Fulkerson didn't play in this game. And uh, man, I, I love Uros. I, lo- I think he's the best teammate in the country. Uh, he's a project. We talked about it on Saturday Sports Talk Saturday morning about how you know everyone knew that Uros was going to be a project. No one thought Uros was going to come in and, and save the day, at least from the Tennessee coaching staff side. But uh, you can see why he's got a long way to go in terms of defensive liability. He is a defensive liability for sure, and it's a shame because he stands in at 7 feet tall. But Tennessee just did not have it offensively. Finished the game 21-63 from the field, a 5-26 of from long range. And, and it all started from the get-go where Tennessee just looked shell-shocked. I mean, it really did, and, and and Rick Barnes had some comments after the game that rubbed a lot of Tennessee fans the wrong way. I'm going to play him right here, but here's a, a comment about stage fright from some of the younger players. Rick Barnes said this post-game after the 70-56 loss to Oregon State. I was really surprised, the freshmen especially. You know, they, they look like being here in the NCAA tournament, something they probably have they've grown up watching. Uh, you know, they were out of character in terms of, yeah, you could tell that they were skittish. There's no doubt about it. And, uh, you know, he picking up some fouls there early hurt us. But, uh, and we just did some things offensively to start the game where we just weren't synced up together. And that's, again, I, again, I told, I actually during the time I said, look, we can't be afraid to play basketball now. And I said, we've got to play together, stay together. And, you know, you keep thinking about calling timeouts, but sometimes you feel like the more timeouts you call, the more they tighten up and you're just hoping they'll get get going and get loose, make some shots. But uh, we didn't ever really get the flow that we wanted. And uh, we had we had opportunities even at the end. I mean, you think about them missing free throws as bad as we played. You know, we uh, – the, the turnovers, I, I just – all year, and Rob, you've seen us play, some some of the ways we turn over, over the ball just really mystifies me at time. And, and But, uh, yeah, there's no doubt at the start of the game that uh, we had guys that were – a little bit uh, stage fright, I thought. So that was the thought process of Rick Barnes when thinking back on the first couple of minutes of that ball game. Here is Josiah Jordan James uh, on that same sequence, the first couple of minutes of the ball game, where Tennessee just did not get off to a strong start, and ultimately they resulted in a, a poor first half showing, and then carried over into the second half as well. Here is Josiah Jordan James on the first little bit of the ball game as well. We just we came out and we didn't execute anything that we had been practicing over the last couple of weeks. We we were flustered. And um, it probably looked like we were scared, but that's how that's how the game goes. I feel like as the game went on, um, 
we the, the the jitters got out, but we didn't give ourselves a chance to win, and that's what that's what hurts the most. But you can't start out games like that um, against a really good or any good team that you're playing against and expect to to win with your back against the wall. Again, those are comments from Rick Barnes and Josiah Jordan James. We're gonna hear from those two a couple more times throughout the uh, the program, but. Ultimately, no sugarcoating it, guys. You watch the game. I can harp on the stat sheet and read the box score to to you, but you watch the game. 70-56, to and it wasn't even that close. Uh, I mean, Oregon State finished the game making six of the last seven field goals in the ballgame. I mean, it it was just, it was awful. It was bad to watch, and, um, you know, I tweeted at Locked On Vols at halftime, panic meter, 1 through 10 right now, and a lot of people were saying, you know, 6-7, 6-7, 6-7, they got to 10 in a hurry as that second half began. So uh, Tennessee season comes to an end. We'll continue to break down the round of 64 loss to Oregon State in the 12-5 matchup. That came on Friday afternoon. This saw Oregon State upset Tennessee 70-56 to uh, here in segments 2 and 3. But before we get to that, Blue Chew. It's a proud sponsor of this podcast, and it's, it's bringing more confidence to the bedroom for men. It's a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but in a chewable form at a fraction of the cost. Blue Chew's tablets combat all forms of ED. It can help men gain extra confidence for when it's time to perform. Blue Chew is an online prescription service, so no visits to the doctor's office, no awkward conversations, no waiting in line at the pharmacy. It ships right to your door in a discreet package. The process is simple. Sign up at BlueChew.com. Consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. The best part? It's all done online. Blue Chew's licensed medical providers work with you to find the right ingredient and strength for your prescriptions. You don't like swallow- you don't like swallowing pills? There's no problems there. Blue Chew's got some tablets that are chewable for your convenience. So don't let a hindrance in the bedroom keep you from trying to perform when the lights turn off. It's Blue Chew. BlueChew.com. Check it out. Go to their websites and more details on important safety you can find there. Also, you can you can pay just just shipping. $5 shipping. You get a month's supply of, of Blue Chew for completely free if you just pay for the shipping, which is $5, if you use the promo code locked on. BlueChew.com, promo code locked on to receive your first month free. And we thank Blue Chew for sponsoring this podcast like it does uh, each and every day here on Bet On, or excuse me, on the Locked On Podcast Network. And here we are. We move into Bet Online, guys. Uh, the tournament has been a whole lot of fun so far this weekend. It's called March Madness for a reason. But I don't know if you guys are like me, but coming out on the green in terms of some some wagers I've been making at Bet Online. Yes, there's upsets galore and everything, but if you go to against the spreads, if you take some of those underdogs against the spreads, a lot of times those underdogs are coming out on top. We've been seeing that all weekend. Go online to bet online. You can see the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can possibly imagine. Bet online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets. It's completely free to sign up. So we're talking March Madness right now, but... Don't forget, the NBA season is well on into the second half. Baseball is just about to start here in a matter of weeks. Weeks, guys. Hockey's in full action. And, of course, don't forget, football will be right around the corner here at the end of summer on into the fall. So you can get all that. But right now, you get all your March Madness money at Bet Online. Head on over to the website. Use the promo code Locked on promo code locked on, you'll receive 50% off and a welcome bonus. It has to be on your first deposit, though. So, all you newbies out there, 
First deposit, 50% off. He used the promo code Locked On. Bet online. It's your online sportsbook experts. Today on the Locked On Today podcast, you can get more of the sports news you need in less time with Locked On Today podcast. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the radio.com app or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to a segment number two of a Monday show. This is Locked On Vols, and we're talking. About the 70-56 to 56 defeat, the 12-5 upset, Oregon State over Tennessee, and it was not pretty to watch. Um, I know a lot of people were fearful of that 12-5 upsets uh, each and every year because seemingly it just happens each and every year. And um, I remember when Tennessee was uh, you know, put on this five line that you know, it was almost like, uh, not exact percentages, but in my opinion, it was almost like half the fan base that I heard from is, oh, 5-12 upset, it's coming. It's going to be upset. Tennessee's going to be out in the first round. Then the other half was saying, oh, man, Tennessee is miles and miles and miles better than Oregon State. And I was kind of on the other end because I would agree. Tennessee was miles and miles, and Tennessee is still miles and miles better than Oregon State. But you didn't you didn't see it on, on Friday, and that is why the game is played. Oregon State's hotter than a hiccup right now. 1-3 straight, 1-2 straight over uh, ranked opponents to win the Pac-12 a tournament championship, got the automatic bid with a 10-10 and overall record inside conference play, and was pitted the 12th seed and took down Tennessee thanks to a, a sharp shooting effort from three uh, that included four made three-pointers from Jared Lucas, three uh, made three-pointers from Le- Relish, and um, two uh, two more from Kalu. I mean, they, they, were, they were hot. They shot nearly 50% from three on the day. And Oregon State used that to help down Tennessee by a score of 70 to 56 on Friday afternoon. So let's hear more from Rick Barnes. Let's hear more from Josiah Jordan James. And uh, the, the next clip I'm going to play from Rick Barnes. We all know that you know Tennessee had a bunch of shortcomings on the season, obviously. But according to Rick Barnes, a lot of it stemmed from just no inside presence, no dominating presence from the front court and that's something that Tennessee had at the end of last year that's something Tennessee had at the beginning of this year with John Fulkerson and then it just it just kind of died off and um, I do think if Kennedy Chandler when Kennedy Chandler comes in a true point guard Tennessee didn't have a true point guard whatsoever this year when Kennedy Chandler comes in as a true point guard whoever's playing the four or five on on the offensive end whether Fulkerson comes back if it's Corey Walker if there's if it's Uros Plofsic if it's Olivier Kumwa you know whoever it may be I think those guys are going to truly benefit from a true point guard but nonetheless no post presence here's Rick Barnes on uh trying to fix the offensive offensive struggles from this year to next year and just how uh, detriment it was not having an inside position uh, throughout the season. Well, we've got to have an inside presence. We we've never not had some kind of an inside presence. We 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 had it. We you know we we had we didn't have any at all today. And I'm not talking. There's different ways to do it. You can drive the ball, but they were they were heavy gapped. They were really in there because they were going to they were determined to make us you know try to either you know try to do too much, turn it over, get in there deep, take tough shots, which we did too many times, and kick out and hope that we weren't making shots. But they were determined that. Uh, uh, you know that again. There's not like we could have anything. We actually ran a play, executed, and uh, got a couple blocked. Where give them credit for that. Where we said you got to get it and go up quick. But uh, we, we've got to change. We again, that's going forward. We've got to get back to having an inside presence, the way that that we play and the way we want to play. Here's more Rick Barnes on the inconsistencies of the season from one game to the next, from one week to the next. Now kind of looking in the rear view at what was the 2020-2021 
basketball season. Here's Rick Barnes. It's been a crazy year, you know, and, and, and in some ways I've said it, I admire these guys for what they've had to go through. It's been a difficult year, and it's, I think it has been a tough year for the younger guys. I, I really do believe that, and no one's had a more frustrating year than John Fulkerson, and I, I tell you, there's a lot of things that I feel bad about, but uh, maybe none more than him because, uh, you know, he had high expectations coming in, and he struggled, you know, for the major part of the year, and not because of any other thing than he – I mean, he was trying. And, and uh, we know that for us to be – where we were, where people thought we would be, it was based on him having three great weeks at the end of last year when he was playing lights out. And everyone expected he and E. Pons to pick right up from there. And and um, everyone had their moments, but it just wasn't consistent enough. But uh, the fact that John had the type of year and the way it ended is, is really a, a major disappointment for all of us. And – because, again, he's such a great kid and how hard he works at it and uh, what he's meant to Tennessee. It's, that's, it's, it's, been, it's, really, it's been a hard year, and if I said anything otherwise, it would be, uh, it wouldn't be honest. I wouldn't be honest with you. And then Coach Barnes kind of gave uh, audio bites that I cut up and was going to play on this podcast, but I'll probably just get straight to Josiah Jordan-James. And um, obviously a guy that's a second-year player in the program, first time to the NCAA tournament for Josiah Jordan-James, very disappointed. Uh, he really took the loss uh, personally and said that it's on his shoulders. It's it's his problem because he's the leader of this team. And I'll let you hear again for himself. But uh, here's Josiah Jordan-James on the season about his leadership and um, ultimately his takeaways from uh, this loss to Oregon State. Today's game was definitely a reflection of it. Um, and it all falls on me as a leader of this team. Um, and it hurts um, not letting even folky in uh, their season, in their Tennessee careers, how, how they're supposed to be ended, uh, it hurts. And I'm going to remember this feeling for a long time. But, um, you know, you live and you learn. And so this year I was a leader. I wasn't a very good one. And it showed today. But um, moving forward, um, I can only hope to, to be better, and I will be better uh, for this team, for this university, for this program. And I just hope that... Um, we can get back here again next year, and we got a taste of it. Um, but we didn't we didn't have what it what it took to t- to stay here, um, and hopefully we can we can move forward and, and win some games here next year. And then here's more of Josiah Jordan James on the message to the fans on what he would tell the fans who are hurting, who are disappointed, and uh, maybe frustrated uh, the fact that Tennessee got the first round exit from Oregon State. Nobody's more disappointed than we are. Uh, we had high expectations. We had the highest expectations uh, of winning it all, and we came up short. Um, and like I said, it falls on me. So uh, I think if they are disappointed, they should be disappointed in me uh, because I'm the leader of this team, and uh, and it falls on my shoulders. So I think that um, you know they they have every right to be disappointed because we are. But um, the game doesn't end here. Uh, we. Lord's will, we have a whole other basketball season and plenty of seasons after that. And we're just looking to get, move forward and get better. Um, but this definitely is going to hurt for a long time, probably a really long time. But um, you can only look forward into the future now. Again, this is Jordan James, who finished the contest scoring five points for Tennessee, two of 10 from three, two of 10 from the field, 0 of 5 from three. He did have a team, uh, team high 13 rebounds in 24 minutes played. But love the accountability, love the raw emotion from Josiah Jordan-James. Um, you can tell he is stepping up and being a leader, and I I fully expect Josiah Jordan-James to be back next year, to be 
uh, in the mix of, uh, you know, leading this team once again and, uh, you know, refining his offensive skill to maybe be the guy next year. We will we'll have to see on that front. But uh, some comments from uh, disappointed Rick Barnes and Josiah Jordan-James after Tennessee falls 70-56 to to Oregon State in the round of 64, the first-round action of the NCAA tournament in the Midwest region. Uh, to, to, to kind of wrap up the show on the other side, we will go back and look at some other Rick Barnes coach teams here at Tennessee that have gone to the or have gone to the tournament and how far they did, where they were seated, some other teams in, in Tennessee history, and then kind of compared this 2020-2021 club uh, to some of the likes of those. All that and more here on Locked on Vols on a Monday show. And something we're doing, we're talking March Madness and love to do it. It is all about Built Bar as well. Best tasting protein bar on the market for a while now. Built Bar, amazingly low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high in fiber, and amazing tasting protein bars that are covered in 100% chocolate. It's a protein bar that tastes like a chocolate bar. Just plain and simple. It's time to find out which Built Bar is the best. It is Built Bar Madness. Today's matchup, it is coconuts versus birthday cake. I gotta be honest with you. Just the, the, the flavors of coconut. I am not a coconut guy whatsoever. But with Built Bar... I enjoy the coconut flavor built bar. I think it tastes fantastic. And again, this is not me just just living it up for the read here. I don't like coconut at all. But actually, the first built bar I ever tried was coconut flavored, and I like it. I really, really do. So my vote's going to be for coconut today. It'll be coconut against birthday cake, and we'll have plenty of more matchups down the line this week. But you can do, you can vote. You can cast your vote to see which built bar will reign supreme at the end of this thing by going on to BuiltBar.com or checking it out at Twitter, at Bar underscore Built. Remember, when you're at BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCK15, you'll get 15% off your next order. LOCK15 to get 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. Check back and see later on today who won today's matchup and who's going to become the best-tasting protein bar of all time. It's BuiltBar.com. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. The NFL Draft is weeks away and it's time to start following our Locked On NFL Draft duo. The Draft Dudes podcast watches every prospect so you don't have to. And the Locked On NFL Draft podcast is your daily draft news and mock draft podcast central. Follow Locked On NFL Draft and Draft Dudes on the Radio.com app or wherever you get your podcasts. So we're talking Tennessee basketball, of course. It fell to Oregon State, 70-56 to in upset fashion. The 12-5 upset, it's Reactionary Monday, and we've all had a couple of nights to sleep on it to kind of digest what we were thinking. But ultimately, something we can all come to a conclusion to is this was a disappointing season. This was a disappointing game. This was an upset game. Um, just flat out high expectations for this team. And again, I've... You guys know this. I pointed out on this podcast many, many times. I was never one to say, oh, this team's a Final Four team. Anything less is a letdown. No, because tournament play is so challenging. We've seen the upsets. We've seen all the upsets this past weekend that just happened. I mean, to 
a one seed went down, a couple of two seeds went down, a three seed went down, a four seed went down, Tennessee went down, there's a five seed. We've seen it. I mean, tournament basketball is just so challenging. You never know what exactly is going to happen, who's going to get hot, what team you're going to run into. But I think we can all still say Tennessee, with this roster, with this athleticism, with these players, and with this coach, bowing out in the first round is not an acceptable outcome. That's not acceptable to happen on a consistent basis, and it is a complete and utter letdown. So inconsistently and underperforming, that's what I kind of take away from kind of what I've seen for the Tennessee basketball team this year. So let's look at Tennessee basketball last couple years in the tournament, all right? And let's compare the seeding to where it ultimately bowed out from. And this isn't the end-all, be-all, because, again, it's challenging when you get some of these matchups the further you go in the tournament, obviously. But let's look at this. So in 2020-2021, this year, Rick Barnes, a five seed, exited in the first round. It did not lo- it did not play up to its seeding, all right? Back two seasons ago, 2018-19, Tennessee, a two seed, lost in the Sweet 16. It did not live up to a seeding, which would have been an Elite Eight. See here, Tennessee, a three seed the year before that, lost in the second round, did not live up to its seeding. So that's Tennessee in the NCAA tournament with Rick Barnes, okay? Let's go back to when Tennessee made the uh, NCAA tournament back in 2013-14 with Conzo Martin. It was an 11 seed, okay? And it lost in the Sweet 16. That definitely outperformed its seeding. That was with Martin, the one season Tennessee went on to the to the NCAA tournament, and then Tennessee ultimately fired Martin following that that tournament run. Let's go back to Bruce Pearl. Tennessee in 10 and 11 was a 9 seed loss in the second round, so uh, it wasn't expected to go far at all anyway. Uh, ultimately, it wasn't really it wasn't really supposed to win a game regardless, so it outperformed its seeding. Tennessee the year before that in 9-10 lost in the regional final, which is uh, the sweet or that is the uh, the regional final is the elite eight, so it was a six seed. It outperformed its seeding, obviously, so that's another one. Tennessee lost in the first round back in 09-08-09. As a two-seed under Bruce Pearl, that team did not live up to its seeding. The year before that, Tennessee lost in the regional semifinal. Again, that's the Sweet 16 as a five-seed. Tennessee did play up to its seeding, so we'll give a point to that. And then as a two-seed back in 2005-06, Bruce Pearl's first year, Tennessee was a two-seed, lost in the second round, and it did not live up to its seeding. So if we're keeping track at home, we're going all the way back to the Bruce Pearl era. If you go all the way back farther, further than that, you got to leapfrog the Buzz Peterson era because Tennessee was not in the NCAA tournament whatsoever. Got to go back to the Jerry Green era. But we'll stop here at Pearl. That is four and five. Four times where Tennessee was seeded, it performed in the tournament to where its seeding was supposed to bow out. Five times it has not. It has underperformed. Three of those times have come under Rick Barnes. I'm not sitting here saying Tennessee needs to fire Rick Barnes because I don't believe Tennessee needs to fire Rick Barnes. Absolutely not. I think Tennessee, again, we talked about this on on the radio station uh, Saturday morning after the, and that was instant reaction. I think Tennessee is in such a great place since Rick Barnes come uh, to become the head coach. Tennessee recruiting, it's on the map. Tennessee in terms of relevancy, it's on the map. You got players wanting to come and being coached by Rick Barnes because they know they can get to the NBA after one or two years. Um, Tennessee's not going to stop recruiting just because of some early exits here. 
But accountability needs to be there. Rick Barnes, in three of the five times, in the, dating all the way back to the Bruce Pearl era, that Tennessee has failed to meet up to its seeding in the tournament. Three of those teams have been coached by Rick Barnes. And, of course, he's one of the highest-paid coaches in the game. Again, don't hear me wrong. I am not saying Tennessee needs to part ways with Rick Barnes. I think that would be silly, silly, and foolish. Tennessee does not need to, to part ways with Rick, with Rick Barnes. But I get the frustration. I think accountability is needed. And I think he needs to make some adjustments on the offensive end. And he needs to make he needs to win some more tournament games. Or then you might have to have that conversation. What happened in 2020-2021, this past year's team, it's unacceptable in terms of the talent you had on the roster, the assistant coaches you have on your staff, and the salary you're being paid. Point blank. Um, just part of it. And there's a lot of contributing factors into it, and we can talk in circles about it all day long, and we will. That's what this podcast is. <laughs> but, but at the end of the day, a year like this should not happen for Rick Barnes with the talent on the roster. Last year's team, I get it. You lost so much from the year before, and the likes of of uh, Admiral Schofield, Grant Williams, uh, Kyle Alexander, Lamonte Turner goes out with an injury. Jordan Bowden has the worst shooting slump of his life as a senior. Okay, I get all that. Josiah Jordan-James, your five-star prospect, is hurt all year. I get all that. Last year, I get all that. This year, no. Uh, I, th- there's not really an excuse for this year, in my humble opinion. So, what do you guys think? Twitter Tuesday is coming up tomorrow. Tweet me in your th- your thoughts. Tweet me in your uh, your questions, at LockedOnVols, at underscore Kaner. We're going to be at it all week long. But starting tomorrow, I'll answer your questions um, but we'll be talking about this basketball team, what could have been, and where to go from now. But this was Reactionary Monday, all right, where we talked about Tennessee's shortcomings in the NCAA tournament. I'm Eric Kane, guys. Thanks so much for hanging out with me here today. Twitter Tuesday tomorrow. Get me in those questions. Tennessee football is supposed to start spring practice earlier this week. We'll get you some more updates on that in the coming days. Tennessee Pro Day will be on Thursday. A big week ahead. Basketball's out, but the Lady Vols are still going, so shout out to Kelly Harper and the gals, uh, and we will break it all down here for you. Football, men's basketball, women's basketball, anything you want Tennessee-related. We'll talk about it here on the Locked On Vols podcast. Guys, I appreciate it. Twitter Tuesday tomorrow. Get me in your questions. And uh, until then, you guys have a great rest of your Monday.